All right, y'all, part three coming up in just one second with Coach Philip Jones over at Brookwood High School in just one second. A lot of fun high school coverage in uh, in the Georgia area to uh, kick things off here on a Tuesday for you guys. Uh, thank you, as always, for making the Chase Most Podcast part of your daily listen wherever and how are you li- however you listen to the Chase Most Podcast here on Blue Wire Pods. We greatly appreciate you making time for this very program. Uh, this is a three-parter today. If you missed part one and part two, guess what? All in one spot, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you're subscribed so you will uh, get alerted when all those new episodes go up every single day before your morning commute and all that good stuff. So new episodes in this very feed every single day, uh, right Uh, right there first thing in the morning so look out for that uh also check us out on youtube youtube.com slash chase almost podcast like and subscribe all that good stuff uh, as we continue building that thing out and uh yeah read me sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com all that good stuff it's great talking to coach about his uh his team this year and what happened last year and what they can build off uh what they learned last year how he has gotten better and better as a head coach uh, over at Brookwood and just the solid program that they've got cooking over there uh, in Snellville. So the Broncos are in good shape and figure to compete heavily uh, in uh, Class 7A going into next year. A uh, lot, a lot of good vibes. Uh, Dylan, obviously, uh, under center and uh, his commitment to Alabama and how that went and um, what went into that decision and what he brings to the Broncos and why. Uh, there's just a, a lot, a lot of positivity right now about that Brookwood program back in Gwinnett County. So it was great to talk with Coach as usual. And uh, yeah, this was a, a lot of fun. And I think you guys will very much enjoy it. All right, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back here on the Chase Thomas podcast, taping this on a Monday afternoon. Old friend Phil Jones returns to the program. Coach Jones, how is it? How's it going, man? Chase, doing great. Doing great. Having a busy summer as usual, um, mm-hmm. but but enjoyable. But you know, we've got a. We've got a big, big year ahead and a lot of excitement around the program. So working hard to make sure we're, you know, doing the best we can for our players. What's been different about this summer than last summer for you? Well, not a whole lot different in terms of what we're doing and how we prepare. We prepare just about the same way every time. But um, but just, you know, just there's a buzz around this team. You know, um, Dylan's committed last week and is going mm-hmm. to Bama. So everybody's excited about that. We're um you know, we've got a big, a big schedule this year with a, uh, you know, there's, there is, um, it's going to be a battle week in and week out and we're headed out to Vegas to play Bishop Gorman. So, you know, they're just, you know, we got a few other things we'll, we'll reveal a little bit later when we're allowed to reveal them, but it's just, uh, but, uh, right now it's a, you know, it's just, just seems to be that kind of time of year where the buzz is starting to circulate and guys are getting excited about, you know, uh, about being, um, you know, it's about what's to come. So I guess that the sort of buzz may be a little bit different this year. How did the Bishop Gorman thing come up? Did, was it just like, hey, Chase is a friend of mine. He's a Tennessee guy. Let me get an up-close look at Will Stallings, and I'll report back yes, on how exactly. he's going to be for us. Was that it? That's exactly right. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. all because of you. Uh, that's what I heard. Mm-hmm. No, we, um, you know, we just, we had a, um, had a good year last year and have a good number of returning players. So, Mm-hmm. You know, just it was it was a it was a year um, in Georgia where we re 
um, just recycle, excuse me, we had to sort of reschedule our, our, our non-region schedule. And so we had to come mm-hmm. up with five non-region games. And because of the year we had last year, because of some good players coming back, it was just hard to find games, to be honest with you. And so we, you know, did a good bit of calling around and the opportunity kind of fell in our lap through our, through our Gwinnett County athletic director. I think Gorman also has a hard time getting games. And so they hmm. ended up, they ended up calling around to some of the, maybe the more talent rich areas of the country, seeing if anybody was interested in playing and, and uh, you know, the date, the date worked out and they were interested in playing and we were too. And it just kind of fell in our lap. So it, it's pretty cool opportunity. We're very excited about it. Is that a big thing for kids? Do they love the idea, like the opportunity to go play somewhere else where they oh, never thought yeah. they would play? Yeah. Heck yeah. They're, they're eating it up. And um, that's one of the things, you know, logistically and financially, it's, it's mm-hmm. a bear to make a trip like this, um, especially for one game when, you know, some people are like, you know, you could get on a school bus and drive 10 minutes down the road to, mm-hmm. to play somebody and it would be the same non-region game as you would have right. going out to, Las Vegas, but I don't really see it that way. I see it as a an opportunity of, of a lifetime for our kids. Mm. I'm honestly, it's an opportunity of a lifetime for me and our yeah. coaching staff. You know, I mean, who else can say they did something like this and had the opportunity to play in a game like this? And um, our players will remember for, for the rest of their lives. And um, you know, and quite frankly, you know, I'm always looking for ways to elevate our program and elevate our players um, to a platform where you know they can be. Um, they can be seen and be recognized. And, and this is one of those opportunities. And um, it was just too cool not to pass up, you know, um, and it's in Vegas, you know, I mean, yeah. it's not like we're going to, you know, it's not like we're going to Boise, Idaho or something. I mean, <laughs> we're going to, you know, we're going to Vegas. So, you know, there's, there's that appeal to it too. So it's going to be been? a blast. Never been. Really? I have never been. Okay. No. So we're going to try to stay, you know, what I tell, you know, you know, it, it's going to be a blast. I think it's my job to chaperone my coaches. And oh, that's a good game. That's a good thing. Have, yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to look after some of my coaches while we're there. Yeah. And I think that the, uh, the chaperones we take will, will be responsible for the players. But if I can just yeah. keep our coaches in line while we're there, I'll consider that a job well done. Are you going to, are you going to gamble at all? Have you already thought about it? No. No, no, not this trip. I'm not a big gambler. I've been one yeah. time, I went to Biloxi one time for a friend's bachelor weekend and mm. I took like, a, I did the thing where like, okay, a hundred bucks, mm. you know, when it's gone, it's gone. And that's what right. I did. I'm no fun. You know, I'm no did fun. Did you win? Much of did it. you come out on top? I, I went up a little bit and then I went okay. back down and then I ended up at zero and I said, okay, I'm done. That's it. There you go. How long did so, that take? Was that like a 45 minute situation? Uh, I was excited. After yeah. about an hour or two, I was up. And then about an hour later, I mean, I got a little too cocky. You know, I <laughs> the whole thing works. So yeah. about an hour later, I was back down. I was like, all right, find something else to do. There you go. <laughs> um, d- how long did you know about where Dylan was going to go? Did he tell you a while back? Did you always know that he was going to end up at Bama? I knew about, I knew three days before. That's it. Okay. So I knew three days. He, uh, he had, you know, I'm a modern South Carolina, and that was the leader for him for, I think, a good majority mm-hmm. of the process. He was looking for somewhere where he could play football and baseball. That was his mm. That was his priority. Probably priority number one is where he could do both. Um, and so um, – so that was that was probably number one, and then you know, but but he is a 
you know, he is really, you know, there's a lot of football, baseball kids that, you know, once they see those dollar signs in their, you know, from the, from the major league scouts, they, they start yeah. to think more like baseball, but Dylan's really not that way. I mean, I think he loves football just as much. And, um, and so was excited about going to play college football and baseball and wants, wants the full experience. And quite frankly, with NIL, you know, he could, you know, if you're the starting quarterback at Alabama, you probably make more money than you do as a single A minor league baseball player. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I think so, you might. Um, so he, so he feels pretty good about that. And then, um, but anyway, it just you know it it started out at five, and you know that the further he went in the process, I mean, well, once Alabama got there, you know. Usually, who Nick wants, Nick gets, and mm-hmm. Nick really, Nick really wanted Dylan. I mean, it hmm. was a. Why do you think that is? They, I mean, he's he's a he's a kid that. I mean, I don't know specifically. Mm-hmm. I just know that he's he's he is their kind of kid. He's their kind of player. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just once once they got on him, I mean, they got on him hard and. Uh, Honestly, you know, even though they're Alabama and some of the other schools weren't quite as big as Alabama from a status perspective, I mean, Alabama probably recruited him harder than the other schools as well. Hmm. Um, they were, you know, with, with, with I think, I mean, to answer your question more fully, I think Dylan's the full package. I mean, he's yeah. high academic. He's got even higher football IQ. Um He's got an he's got an incredibly strong arm that can make all the throws, but even more impressive than that, he throws a catchable ball, kind of like the old Joe mm-hmm. Montana thing. Um, you know, he's um, and he's he's decidedly a pocket passer, but kind of in the vein of an Andrew Luck. I mean, he's mm-hmm. like, you know, he's got wheels, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's got great pocket awareness. He's got wheels. He's extremely strong. He's our he's our strong on our entire team, and we got a lot of play a lot of really good players on our team. He is our strongest power clean kid he's about a 310 mm. power clean as a quarterback um yeah. and so he, he squats right at 500 pounds so i mean the kid the kid the kid's a great overall athlete um he's poised he holds himself to an extremely high level on the field um he's got an incredible work ethic i mean you really are getting everything with him and i think that's what you know i think that's what um i think that's what alabama noticed so I guess I don't know. I mean, I know they do the yeah. homework, and I know, I know they, I know they really wanted him. So interesting. What what's left for for him this fall? What are you like? All right, well, here's my last thing I gotta instill into you, help you, whether it's on the field, off the field, to pr- just to kind of get you ready, because that's the big boys, Alabama. Like you won't be there anymore, coach. Like that's one of those things where it's like you're on your own, and you're, I mean, you'll be competing with Eli Holstein, and you got a big loaded quarterback room, and. You're just you're on your own and you're going into a highly competitive uh, locker room where nothing is going to be easy there. And right. uh, it, Brooke was just like where y'all are as a program, and everything else is just different. Like uh, he's he's priority number one. It's just going to be a different thing. What are you looking for uh, in that regard uh, for this fall for him? I think um, I mean, I don't think there's any one specific area that he needs to work on. Mm-hmm. way more than others. He just needs to continue and he does this. I think he needs to continue to just refine his craft. I think he needs to um you know, he is by nature an introvert, hmm. which there is nothing wrong with that at all. Um you know, he's not your raw raw go slap everybody on the back kind of leader. 
Mm. He's more of a, he's more of like a get on my level kind of leader. Like I'm going to, I'm going to work at this level and I'm going to perform every day at this kind of level. And if you don't get on my level, then, you know, then you're going to be, everybody's going to notice, you know? Yeah. And so he's that kind of, kind of, kind of similar to my, no, I'm not saying he's Michael Jordan, but if you yeah. watch the last dance, that's kind of how Michael Jordan was like, I'm going to be at this level and, and you better get on my level. You know, he's similar to that. And that he doesn't, he doesn't tolerate, he doesn't tolerate foolishness. Mm. He doesn't tolerate guys that don't know what to do. Um, and he doesn't tolerate now he's equally hard on himself. So mm. the good thing is he's, he can be kind of a little bit hard on his receivers and some of his offensive guys, but he's, when he makes a mistake, he's the first one to own up to his own mistakes too. So, you know, which, which everybody respects. So I think he's got to continue to, to come out of his shell a little bit. Um, mm. He came out, he did a lot toward that last year. Um, and I think even more so this year, I think he's going to continue to develop as a leader. Um, and, you know, I mean, everything else I would mention would be just a, a finer point of the game that he needs to, to work on, you know, sometimes he's too hard on himself. Sometimes mm-hmm. he can, he can let a little bit slip, although he's come a million miles in that area, but you know, sometimes he can, he's, he's so committed to being good that he can get hard on himself. And, you know, as a quarterback, you got to have a short memory, you got to move on when you make a mistake. And he, he's done a lot better with that, but he needs to continue to develop that. And, and uh, you know, just, you know, like I said, just, just, um, just keep refining the, the finer points of his craft. You know, the great thing about Dylan is, is, is his humility. You know, if you asked him that question, he'd probably tell you 17 things that he needs to get better at, you know. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's one of the reasons he's he's a, he's a special player because, you know, kind of that not satisfied quality. Well, when you look at the senior year for him and for your team, uh, building off what you guys did last year, a lot of blowout wins. Like it was really interesting schedule just going through it and watching back a lot of y'all stuff. Um, obviously, the playoff game was a shootout. And it seemed like there were a lot more shootouts across the board this year. There was a lot of back and forth um, all across the conference, especially over here in East Tennessee. I've seen that a lot more. But it's it's interesting to see the disparity uh, come playoff time versus the regular season where the scoring was down and you have a little bit more blowouts, but it wouldn't just be as high scoring. And you look at uh, the Walton game. I'm curious, like, what are you still thinking about from that game? If you Was there anything that you wish you could do over at that point, do you did you learn something about your team and where y'all are going to be this upcoming year that you're like, all right, now I know kind of where we're at and this is something that we can we can improve on and this is something that we, we can fix to go deeper in the playoffs this year? Yeah, to a degree, I mean, to a degree, I don't know. You know, you just um, – it's one of those games we just didn't play well. We came out mm-hmm. flat and just did – you know, it's hard to imagine – doing that with such a quality team that we had, they just came out. Honestly, we just came out and didn't play well. Um, Walton was really hot. We caught them at a, mm-hmm. you know, they went, you know, two weeks before they went to Lowndes and beat them by 30. And, you know, yeah. I mean, we went, they went to Colquitt and beat them by 30. And I can't remember who they played before us, but I think it was Archer or something. And they beat them by third, by, they beat them by 30 points. So we, we, uh, we, we called a hot team. Um, but in terms of, but, but obviously, you know, working on us, I think, you know, they, Way too many explosive plays. You know, our secondary did not play well mm. um, that night. And so we would have to – and every time we'd kind of get a little bit of momentum and get something going, they would – you know, they would have an explosive pass play usually, which would get behind our secondary. So we've got to, we've got to get better back there in those kind of situations. They had – you know, they had a quarterback who just caught fire, and he had a great night that night, but we got to be better back there to um, – and, you know, 
Um, turnovers got us that night too. Mm. I think we had three big, three big turnovers at critical moments, which uh, one or two in the first half, which kind of gave them an easy touchdown and was allowed them to get yeah. a lot of momentum up on us. So we uh, we got to you know those are things you always have to present prevent as a football team. So and and Dylan will be the first one to admit it, it was cold as. Um, it, it was really, really cold that night. And Dylan, Dylan mm-hmm. did not play well that night. I'll be honest. He did not play his best game. And he'd be the first one to admit that. So, you know, I think, you know, I don't know if it's acclimatization or just, you know, all players, all good players sometimes have bad nights. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, whatever whatever we could do in the future to prevent, you know, our quarterback kind of – our offense kind of revolves around him. So we need him to not have a bad night in those kind of situations as well. So. Interesting. I'm well, what did you notice though when you were looking back in the film? I mean, even going into that week, was that something where by Thursday you felt pretty good, or was there when you're putting it in and you're like, all right, here's where we're at? Um, we're weak here, like you mentioned the secondary and stuff like that. Was there anything you could do schematically where you were like, okay, maybe we can't do press man against Walton, we can't do this, we can't do that? Was there something that you saw in the film where you were like, all right, this that more times than not, this is how this game will go? Uh, but yeah, I think. Um, there's some things I wouldn't want to say from a personal, from a personnel standpoint, cause I don't yeah. call. We'll talk off out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, um, so there was a little bit of that going on. We did get, yeah. um, in, in the second quarter. So we had, we had a corner, um, named Michael Haynes, who in a mm. lot of ways was kind of like the, he, he was the dog of our defense. In a lot of mm. ways, he was the heart and soul kind of a undersized kid who just played with all heart and he yeah. got hurt in the second quarter, popped his shoulder out and he was done for the rest of the game. And I'll admit that that deflated our defense. Hmm. Um, that deflated and he was responsible for a lot back there. And, um, and, and so that, that was, that was a struggle. It, it was a little bit of a weird, you know, it was, it was Thanksgiving week. So our schedule hmm. was off. We practiced in the morning um, that week when we're normally used to practice in the afternoon after school, but that week, because it was Thanksgiving, we were off. So just, you know, my thing was come in in the morning, let's practice in the morning, and everybody get home by noon and spend the rest of your day with your family. And, you know, I don't know if it was, you know, sometimes you can overanalyze these things and, you know, um, and, you know, the, you know, maybe maybe the change in routine a little bit got to them. Maybe they didn't, maybe they didn't sleep enough. I, I don't know. You know, yeah. there's the old David, there's the old David Shaw clip, you know, where everybody was grilling him about these kind of questions after a bad game. And he was like, I don't know. Sometimes you just play bad. Sometimes yeah. I don't have any explanation other than sometimes you just play bad. And that, and we did that night. And so, um, you know, I worked for Ed Dudley at Walton and he talked about, you know, just the, the atrophy effect. I mean, sometimes you just, sometimes you just, you know, you, you peak and you peak and we, we were doing that. I mean, this, uh, we lost to North Forsyth in game four, mm. and it woke our team up. And we went on a run there for about eight games where we were just, you know, we were balling. Yeah. We were playing great. And uh, and just like you said, a lot of blowout wins, even over people like Grayson and Parkview. And then yep. we, you know, we would get to the playoffs and we're doing the same thing. And then it was just like, you know, we get to we get to Walton that night and the bottom fell out. You know, it's like. I don't know why, but, you know, I just can't explain that. But sometimes teams just, you know, they peak and then they, and then have an unexpected atrophy moment. And that was it for us. Is there one position battle that you're most excited about uh, play out over the next couple of weeks in, in fall camp? Um, that's a good question. We, um, we're young at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm, I've been excited to see who's going to step up at those positions for us. Um, it's kind of gone back and forth, and we don't, other than maybe one spot on, on offense, the rest of it's kind of unsettled. And, we, and we'll mm-hmm. play a lot of guys. So I'm excited to see who continues to to get better over there. Um, and uh, most of our front seven on defense is pretty settled. Um, mm-hmm. But our secondary is also young. We have some young guys back there. So only one returning starter. So I guess our secondary and our wide receivers just to see you know, how those continue to play out. And um, so, so you know, that's probably where it is right now. Interesting. Um, how will it, like, for folks who are there for, like, week four and at Brookwood and they, they go to every game, the diehard Brookwood Bronco fans, like, what do you think that they will first mention to you if you're, you're out and about in Snellville and you get stopped somewhere, Coach, and they're like, hey, What's going on with this? This looks different than last year. What do you think they're going to point to first? What do they think they're going to notice that's most different about the way y'all play, either on offense or on defense next year? On defense this year? I think um, that's a good question. I obviously, you know, I think that um, defensively, this is the second year with our with our new defensive coordinator, Chad Nybers. So we're going to year two mm-hmm. and a little more settled. You know, year one, you know, everything he was doing, he came from Colquitt and mm-hmm. was coordinating the defense down there and and came to be our defensive coordinator and is phenomenal. He's an yeah. he's an amazing coach. And it really took about four games for what he was doing last year to really catch hold because he was mm-hmm. new. We didn't get him till just prior to spring practice and you know, like everything else, it takes a little time to get going. Yeah. So I'm hoping that the learning curve for what he's done, you know, hopefully we come out of the blocks faster on offense. Uh, I mean, on defense, and we we're playing at that high level of defense that we were playing at um, a year ago. Mm. Um, you know, the, especially the last kind of two thirds of our season, we were playing at a very high level. One of the reasons we had the blowouts we had is because we were we were stopping people. You mm-hmm. know, and our our offense is, has always been prolific, but you know, but we were, you know, we were really, you know, we were doing a really good job of stopping people and getting yep. the ball back to our offense quick and playing on a lot of short fields and that kind of thing. Um, so I'm hoping our defense kind of is the, is the, you know, kind of we start with that momentum and, you know, offensively, you know, people are still going to talk about Dylan, you know, of mm-hmm. course, cause he's, he's a special player. So I don't really think much will change on the offensive side of the ball. We, you know, we've got, we've got more unproven production players you know, we got mm-hmm. Dylan, but, but, you know, our two our two primary production guys was Alex Diggs, who was our running back, who was first team all state, and Stone Bonner was our tight end, who was also mm-hmm. all state. And Stone's um, going to Georgia Tech, and Alex going to Kennesaw. Those are our two guys, and they both graduated. So we got a yeah. you know we have we have a few other guys that had some role, had some some spots and some roles last year, but you know, but we got a, um, but some of those guys are really going to step up. So some of that's unproven. So some of the talk may be surrounding you know who's stepping up, fourth. That's all. That's that's the fun part. Did you feel like you had the right balance between run pass last year? Did you, if you had to guess, like what your percentages were uh, on either end, that it was about where you want your team to be each year? Yeah, heck yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, you know, we were, I think we were in the top five statistically in the state um, offensively. Mm-hmm. And that's all classifications. Yeah, you know, we 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 moved the ball well all year, so. You know, I really don't care if we run or pass or what our balance is. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, 
we're moving the ball and we're scoring, then that's then that's what we should be doing. And in our offense, you know, we're we are by and large uh, an RPO offense. So right. so we we had kind of have the build ins where we're trying to make you wrong. You know, mm. you're going to overplay the pass. We're gonna we're gonna run the ball, and if we're gonna overplay the run, we're gonna throw the ball. And Dylan being back there. And, and so cerebral and, and make such good decisions that, you know, he'll get the play call doesn't make him wrong and Dylan will. So, you know, so. do you give him a lot of freedom at the line? Yeah, we do. We do. And not with the play call, but, you know, with, with definitely with the, you know, I think RPOs, the way it's kind of built in, it's kind of like an either or, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like an either or at the line. And if he, you know, and, He's calling a lot of protections mm-hmm. now for us, so we're giving him a lot of freedom to do that. And you know, he's identifying where the RPO is going much sooner. And if you got a quarterback like Dylan, you can call an RPO and trust him to make the right decision. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have a new, young or unexperienced quarterback, you're gonna you're not gonna feel the freedom to call the RPO. You're gonna say, hey, you know, you're gonna predetermine that call. So, um, so yeah, he's got a lot of freedom. You know, do you think he excels as much in that? As we've given anybody. Well, do you think he excels in ba- like one of the interesting things and so many like just watching different teams like I was watching uh, Colquitt and Valdosta from a few weeks uh, a few weeks back from this past year and watching kind of some of their RPO stuff and it's like it's really interesting with the smaller quarterbacks and it makes it a little bit more complicated if they're small and fast and um, what they're able to do because I I'm curious from your perspective was it pretty easy for him to be able to hide that on RPOs where he's going over like hey you've got to hide you've got to make sure that these defenses cannot 100% like the way you're turning your frame the way you are shielding the ball for them to really have to think whether or not you're keeping it or um, it's going to uh, the running back is that something that was tough is it tough to teach in general and also was Dylan just kind of a natural being able to shield and throw defenses off whether or not he had it or was um, handing it off yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. He's he's been pretty much a natural, like everything else. He's yeah. come on the more he gets comfortable with it. But he's, you know, he understands. He's he's you know his dad was a quarterback, and mm. you know, and he grew up playing the position from the word go. So he he had a you know preternatural understanding of um, deceiving the defense. Yeah, you know, you've got to you've got to. You've got to see the defense with your eyes. You got to see the see the defense with your shoulders sometimes, and and um, you know, and and you know, the longer our our offense has the longer kind of Wake Forest fakes hmm. built into it. So you know, so we, you know, there's that that you know that those longer fakes cause the defense to draw to, you know draw in a little bit even further. So you have the the chance to um, kind of get a little bit more of a look at what the defense is doing. So yeah, he's he's definitely a natural. Absolutely. What would you guess? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm curious if you're going to answer this. What do you think you're going to be in most, uh, most this fall? What set? What personnel? You think you're going to be in eleven personnel the most? What do you think you're going to be in the most? Yeah, we're. I mean, we're 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 an eleven personnel offense. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the kind of tight end we play with, we we show a lot of things. Hmm. And we've got. So, I mean, we can. You know, it'll it'll look like a ten personnel set, but we're really in eleven. Hmm. We try to keep kind of like Stone last year. He was a tight end, so we were in eleven personnel, but he could do everything that any other receiver we had could. So mm-hmm. that's what makes it hard for the defense is when you show a personnel group and they are accustomed to stopping a, you know, stopping a certain type of play out of eleven personnel for most teams, and then you're showing eleven personnel and you're, you know, spreading the ball out, throwing the ball over the place, or 
you know, but we will try to be, I think 11 personnel is where we live. We don't, you know, um, but I think that, you know, one thing we got um, pretty good at last year was, was being able to get 12 and bring in some heavy bodies. We've got uh, Miles Parker's our mm. division one defensive lineman who's squats, literally squats 700 pounds and he's athletic <laughs> and physical. And um, so we'll bring him over and play some, play some tight end and mm. um, along with, you know, we'll bring in like an extra offensive lineman or another, you know, another athletic defensive lineman and put him at tight ends and, you know, and we'll make make the defense defend all those gaps when they're used to having, you know, they're used to, you know, have that's what we kind of did against Grayson last year was we we had a lot of success making them play all those gaps in a, in a two tight end set when they're used to sitting back and, you know, playing RPOs and sitting back on what Dylan was doing. And all of a sudden we're getting in heavy sets and running the ball right, right at them, you know. And so we, you know, that's what, that's what offense is all about these days. It's not, you know, you, you can't really say it's offenses have the advantage by, you know, by doing a specific thing like tempo, like, mm. you know, we're going to be, we're going to be Gus Malzahn. We're going to be fast. You know, everything we mm. do is going to be fast. You know, defenses have adjusted to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. They know how to play fast defense. The the what what the best offenses are doing now it's like you know it's like a good pitcher in the major leagues you know you got to have a good fastball you got to have a curveball you got a good changeup and slider you know and you got to be able to know when the best time is to throw them and the same thing you know as an offense you got to you got to mix it up you got to be able to you know you got to have tempo you also got to have good four minute pace you got to be able to run the ball you got to throw RPOs you got to be able to throw the ball in those third and long situations and you know and you got to have some unorthodox sets at times. You got to be physical in short yardage. I mean, you got to be able to do all those things well. And if you can do all those things well, you can be good on offense, but, but you got to be able to mix it up on a defense. So you're not, so they, so you're never too predictable. Interesting. Um, when you look at this, uh, this off season and everything else, have you, what have you worked on the most? What have you like, just kind of just in this off season been like, all right, I need to be better at this as a head coach going into next year. Has there been anything you've oh, been working gosh. on personally? <laughs> um, Man, that's a good question, Chase. You know, um, I think um, hmm, just just continuing to, um, you know, just I mean, I'm always just trying to be the best servant leader I can, you mm. know, and uh, and just trying to, um, you know, I think that. Um, I've got some really, really good coaches. We got some really good coaches on our staff. So <coughs> finding that right balance between delegation without being laissez-faire, you know what I mean? Yeah. Me, is always, you know, you want to be, you want to delegate and support and have knowledge and understand without being overbearing or micromanaging at the same time. And so, you know, and, uh, and never be, but you don't want to be hands off either where you're just kind of sitting mm. back, you know, um, not doing much. So, so, you know, trying to work toward that. And also just, I think that um, just on a continual understanding personally, you know, I, I get even kind of uncomfortable talking about myself and these kind of things, but like just, you know, a continual understanding that it's about the players. It's not mm. about me. It's not about, it's not about me. It's not about the coaches or schemes. It's about, it's about the players. Um, it's about truly loving them, truly serving them, 
um, and just having those having those kind of authentic relationships with them that you know it doesn't you know you can't boil it down to a buzzword you can't put it on a t-shirt you can't tweet about it it's just got to be real you know and um, just on a continual quest to be that kind of leader where you know operate in humility and you know you know provide love and accountability in equal measure and have authentic relationships with our players and you know and try to be the best the best leader i can and you know that's that's kind of what i'm trying to get a little better at and you know one of the things that i've gotten the best at the last couple of years is kind of a personal thing but just just you know because it's not about me is caring less about what people say you know hmm. what i mean just like yeah you know i have really good relationships with my parents because i don't really take much personally you know mm. what i mean they know they can approach me because you know i don't really take much personally i mean i'm all about you know hey if you got a good idea and i haven't thought of it yet and you're i don't care who you are if you're a parent if you're a player you're a coach you're a member of the community hey let's let's you know i'm pretty approachable let's talk about it let's think about it yeah you know um i mean there's always proper boundaries as you know but you know i'm just i, I, I i'm just not one of these people that that takes myself too seriously or you know, or gets my feelings hurt very easily. I don't really have much of an ego. So it's just like, Hey, it's all hands on deck. Everybody do the best you can. Everybody owns this and let's go, let's go do the best we can. Yeah. But don't approach coach with he's at Snellville Oaks 14 or whatever. And uh, going to see Elvis, don't approach him with some ideas on uh, what you want to do personnel wise. Don't do that. He's not saying that there's a limit to his approachability. Yeah. Did you go to the movies at all this summer? Have you seen anything? Have you been out? I, I saw, I've been out, I've saw Top Gun and I saw Minions. Okay. Minions. Uh, and they were, yeah, I took my kids to see Minions. Yeah. And How was that? Saw that? It was funny, you know? I okay. mean, I, really, I, I haven't really seen much Minions, but it was like, hey, I want to take my kids to the movie. What do y'all want to go see? Yeah. Minions was the, Minions was the choice, so. The black know, phone was off the table. Ethan Hawke's black right. phone didn't make it, didn't make the cut for the children. <laughs> no, <laughs> did yeah, not. not. And, no. uh, but man, Top Gun, I mean, I, I'd heard it was good, but I had no idea how good it was. Man. Do you think it was better than the original? Incredible. I do. The original, okay. And I went back and I went back and watched the original. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you got, everything is context, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, what a movie was like 30 years ago is going to be different than how it is now. What, what people think is good 35 years ago is different than how it is now. But yeah, the, I went back and watched the original before I went and watched the new one. I'm like, man, the old one, like you thought it was so good. And it was really like hokey and, you know, oh, there was really some, you know, I kind of thought it was like, you know, compared to yeah. what you see now, like it was like a little bit cheesy and hokey, uh, and, you know, and then you go to this one, you're like, man, it was just, just really well done. Really well done. So I like it. I like it. Do you, have you been reading at all? Fishing? What else have you been doing? I read all the time. I'm, I'm okay. a, I'm what are you reading right reader. now? I am reading, man, I'm reading, I'm reading a lot of stuff. I just finished reading a book called The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin. Hold on, let me go. I've heard about that one, yeah. And tell you. Hold on. It's was that good? Really good. I'm, uh, um, it was excellent. It was excellent. Okay. So let me, so let me see here, Chase. I, um, I, uh, Johnny Cash biography. Okay. Um, I read a, I read a, um, um, I read a um, a book about Jesus called Gentle and Lowly. I read Row the Boat, which is John Gordon and PJ Fleck. Mm. I'm reading. I've kind of off and on reading an Ab- Abraham Lincoln biography called Abe. Um, okay. 
I, uh, right now, um, I'm about halfway into the first book of the Chronicles of Narnia series. So I'm reading. Oh, have you ever done it before? The Magician's Nephew. No. And I've always kind of resolved myself to do that. So I'm halfway through that. And, um, you know, so um, there you go. So I'm, I've read a, there's a, one of my favorite reads of the past year. Uh, um, um, there's a coach who was, he was at Pacific Western university. His name was Frosty Westering. Okay. And he's in the top 10 and wins of all time. And, um, football he was, yeah, yeah. He's in the top 10 and wins all time. He may even be a little higher than that. I think he may be in the top seven or eight and he never, he was always just at NAIA, um, Pacific Western, um, up in Northern Washington state. Mm. Um, and I'm sorry. So I, um, and he's written a few books, but his books, um, it's called the big time is where you are. The big time is not a, the big time is not a place. It's the state of your heart. Mm. Um, and so it's not a destination. It's the state of your heart. And he, um, but you know, he was at, he, he has actually passed away. His son was the coach for 15 years before he was the coach. And so I think he finished coaching there around the, you know, early to mid nineties. Mm. But in terms of a lot of the positive, um, positive culture, um, um, kind of things and, and putting your value and emphasis in the day to day and not the destination. And a lot of that stuff that Dabo and Pete Carroll and those guys have sort of popularized, like he mm. was doing that way before those guys. And, mm. um, it's just really cool to go back and, and read kind of how he was so successful, but never, you know, you know, had great relationships with his players, never used bad language, always had a pot, you know, was always upbeat mm. and, um, and just one of one that, uh, you know, just is so antithetical to what we used to think. Now we kind of know that can be done because we've seen Davo do it. We've seen Pete do it. And a lot of other guys have followed suit, but you know, just, I've really enjoyed reading about him. I like it. I like it. Coach, what uh, can the good folks in, uh, back home in Atlanta, how do they how do they support the program this summer, this fall? What would you like to plug as we wrap up here today? So we'd love to have them at our games. You know, mm-hmm. because of COVID, COVID two years ago, I think our attendance was a little bit down, but we'd, we'd, love, to, we'd love to see you support our program. We, um, you know, we'd love to um, – our website's brookwoodfootball.com if you want to get on. And, um, you know, we have – we have probably the best um, social media um, photographer slash content creator that I would think in high school football anywhere. His name's Chad oh, wow. Price. And if you go check out our Instagram, it's Bronco underscore FT ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and the videos he creates and the content he creates is just second to none for high school football. Is he a student there? Um, he's actually a former player. He okay. played – he played for me when I was an assistant at Brookwood. He went on to – he was actually an All-American at West Georgia. Hmm. And uh, and he finished up, and he just has a passion for it and um, comes to most of our practices, most of our games, and he, he throws stuff together like unbelievable that's like, you know, high-level Division One quality videos. So yeah. I'd encourage all of our listeners out there to, you know, get on Instagram, Bronco underscore FT ball. That's the same handle we have for Twitter as well. So get on there and, and see some of the good stuff we got going and keep up with keep up with uh, what we're doing. So 
And then also send um, him uh, a few miles down the road to uh, to Parkview and fill in uh, the gaps a little bit there. There you go. Just no, uh, no, spread no, the no, wealth. No, yeah. no, we, he's ours. Parkview can go find mm-hmm. their own. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I tried. Nobody, Coach Godfrey. you heard nobody wants nobody wants nobody wants to open up their Instagram account and see a bunch of orange anyway. So oh my yeah, goodness. I, I think it's I think it's uh, I think that's pretty safe to say. So. Oh my goodness! All right. Bet, bet right at the end, Coach. Really twisting the knife here right at the end here. Um, Coach Jones, well, I'm looking at the helmet you sent me, and the, I got the Battle on Five Forks. People ask me about it all the time. I'm like, yeah, it's the Battle on Five Forks, wherever I go. So it's right here in East Tennessee, and when we, uh, yeah. fiance and I, get our next house, uh, I can actually build out the office the way I want it to, where it'll be right there in Love the background it. and all that. Got Air Force and all that, but yeah, it's uh, it's very exciting, so I appreciate that. Uh, just, it's very just, cool. Just, just make sure to put the Brookwood helmet like in front of the park. No, that's not happening. So no, you, you got to do the side by side. It's got to be even. It, hey, okay. I'm, I'm going right. to be a nice right. by making it even and with the, the JHSA okay. football okay. right there in the middle. I got you. Well, you know, you know, I know you're, I know you're biased. I can't do anything about that. I am biased. I won't lie about if it. Can, hey, but I, can... I think these are fair interviews, coach. I don't come at it no. from a very strong park view, uh, strong park view pool. I think it's a fair, no, fair conversation. No, you no, you're, you're a great interviewer. Just until we got to the end here, and then yeah. you know, and then it's you know, then you gotta throw your throw your two cents in. No, I'm just kidding. No, we there you go. No, actually, Kyle, actually, because Coach Godfrey's one of my absolute favorites. We've got a great relationship, and you know, if the rivalry between Brookwood and Parkview is good, then that makes that makes all of Georgia high school football better. So, you know, there's definitely there's definitely a mutual respect there, even though we like to pretend like we don't like each other. We really exactly. Actually, actually, I actually had Brett, Brett Milliken over at Brookwood the other day. Oh, did you? Did you have to, yeah. like, how did that work? Did he just get lost? So, did you just tell him you were going to be, like, how did that happen? I don't know if it was his first choice of an afternoon yeah. activity, but he actually married a Brookwood girl. So and they, live in Tex- they live in Texas now, and he was they were in town seeing old friends and people. And so they stopped by Parkview for a little while mm. for Brett, and they stopped by Brookwood for a little while for 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 missy his wife but mm. i've got a long i've got a long and i've known brett forever and we we got to hang out and catch up so it was cool so there you go absolutely there so. you go well just stay away from frank core from buster faulkner sean dawkins <laughs> like i just yeah. hey brett's fine but let's uh let's okay. let's be careful here let's not do too much okay. crossover we got to make it seem like okay. there is some sort of strong rivalry still <laughs> right there blood. is absolutely there is bad blood but you know yeah. It's 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 the best kind of bad blood. If that there you sense. go, so. Coach Jones. Thank you as always, and we'll have to check back in again soon. All right, thanks, Chase. Appreciate you, man. All right, that'll do it for part three and just the Chase Simmons podcast as a whole year on a Tuesday, July nineteenth, twenty twenty two edition. Thank you guys uh, for sticking around and listening and checking in to the Chase Simmons podcast each and every day, wherever and however you listen. The podcast is available: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. The Chase Simmons podcast is there, so make sure you tap in and uh, hit that subscribe button so you're always alerted to all the new episodes each and every single day here on the Chase Simmons podcast on blue wire pods uh if you enjoyed today's episode and you've not already done so please 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 make sure that you leave this show a five-star rating and a review on apple Podcasts or spotify that is indeed how you listen to today's episode helps other people find the show and it helps this very show continue to grow another jam-packed episode for you guys tomorrow and the rest of this week uh we never stop 
the grind keeps going. So thank you as always. And I greatly appreciate it. Email me with any questions, mailbag stuff, chase Thomas podcast at gmail.com. Tweet at me at chase double underscore Thomas and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chase Thomas writer. All right. Uncle Derek, how to do. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.